0: Katie Chanakos is an all-round creative. From screen acting and voice acting to music and poetry, she does it all. This episode, Katie speaks on how being in touch with your emotions will enhance your life, as well as the inside secrets of Hollywood.
1: When I was a kid, I was new. I, I always remember like this... VHS tape we had, and I was like a broom and it was the 80s. And my mom would jam out to like all these dope 80s songs, the Bangles, Bon Jovi, and I had a broom and I was singing. And so I thought maybe it was because I'm supposed to be just entertainment, a singer. But then I reflect back and I'm like, but it's it's my instrument, my voice, mm-hmm. like to empower women, to empower people, humanity and to speak. And and when I was really young, So I've always had it in my bones. And my mom, I grew up, my mom was a singer. And we grew up listening to oldies going to church Motown. I remember when I was 14, um, I wanted to rent out a hotel for two days and have a conference and like educate people and let them know things that I knew that they I needed to share with them. But I had the imposter syndrome. And I stopped myself for myself taking that journey because I told myself, let me Run around the world and have so and have all this life experience and then do that and then share with people. So I stopped myself for myself because, like, I thought, who's going to listen to a girl who's 14 on a stage telling these, you know, people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, like inspiration and and how to live and how to be and, and stuff that I already knew from a very like a knowing from a young age. So. I wanted to give this information to people but I didn't have the confidence that anyone would take me seriously. So then I went yeah. on my journey, yeah. but it's like I always knew. I always just knew I wasn't normal. <laughs> I yeah. always knew I was unique. I my first poetry piece is called The Oddball. Yeah. And um and um I've I've never had a 9 to 5 job. I've always been revolting and rebelling against uh the grids and government and the trajectory of being confined and domesticated like we're primal beings. I'm like, mm, I'm the year of the monkey is yeah, yeah. <laughs> 1111. 11. I just feel like like I've always had this intuitive hit in this voice, this little voice that we all have yeah. inside of me. And I knew I was an empath. Yeah. I didn't know the word empath, but an HSP, a highly sensitive person and an empath. I didn't know those words or the language, but I knew I had to protect this sacred little voice inside and this sacredness inside. I knew I had to protect that because I know I knew new out no one else would. And I saw all the people around me in my circumstances of the environment, how they were jaded and just brainwashed by the news and brainwashed and just saying the same old things. And I'm like, I'm not going to be like that. I don't want to be like that. And I, had, I was just like, I was just obs- I was an observer as a Scorpio, yeah. as a human. I was just observing other people. And I'm just like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And I aspire to greek mythology and poets and quotes and mark twain and you know these people literature and words and language to start shape-shifting and of who i was and what i wanted my story to become
0: yeah so you so once you spoke yourself out of being a kind of you know like a conference speaker at 14 you said you went and traveled where did you travel to and why
1: well, that's a very great question. So when um when I was a kid, I felt like I was this bird in a cage and I wanted to I wanted to die. Yeah. Like, I remember I was like, I don't know if I was eight years old, but or like a preteen. I just remember suffocating myself in a pillow. And like, um, I've only told it you're probably the third person I've ever told this to. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. And someone else, an artist told me they related because they wanted to be sent back. But when yeah, I was you just want kid, to feel something. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was like suffocating myself and I was like crying and I was so mad at God. I was like, why did you bring me here? Like, I, I like I want to die. And 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 I was just so emotionally frustrated and heated inside. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. Maybe that was I don't know what that was, but maybe it was just like being not heard or my circumstances. Like, you know, my parents were kids having kids. They immigrated, you know, my grandparents from Greece. Okay. Um and they have very humble beginnings. They were teenagers. They were kids having kids, 18 and 19, having my sister and me. So we, you know, my, my, they, they had nine to five jobs. They, they worked and, you know, they, they had strong ethics, morals, and values of what they were taught. And there wasn't drugs or alcohol or anything of that in my family, Yeah, but I don't think there was the like I knew about physical health because my dad was a cross-country runner. Yeah. And so I knew about and short term medians and long term goals, having foresight in my physical health and being healthy. And my mom taught me about like taking care of myself like lotion and beauty. And so like hygienically, I was taught those things. But later on in life, in college, I learned about like emotional intelligence and Mm. feelings like like I was very sensitive as an artist and as a human being aware of my feelings but i what i wasn't surrounded by people who spoke about feelings and communicating you know that like how not not how are you doing like how are you feeling you know how are you feeling so i was this bird in a cage and i my out system my backup plan was i didn't have to do this thank god (laughs) no offense but Um, I have social anxiety and anxiety. So up and down on the plane would have been a lot. But my backup plan, because I knew about the buddy system and being able, if you were a flight attendant or working with airlines, you got you got to fly around the world. I just wanted to I was a seeker and wanting to see the world and fantasy. So my backup plan was to become a flight attendant if I didn't, quote unquote, get out of my circumstances but I was able to use my skills and my brain sets as a, as a model and um, to be able to have companies pay for me to see America, which then led me to California, which, and then I started getting involved in acting and I would just, you know, I was a teenager spreading my wings Mm. and connecting with people who are international, who, you know, one of my friends was from Vietnam and Mm. living in um, uh, Michigan and we went to Europe for three weeks and I traveled all around Europe and then, So I was just like this bird in a cage wanting to seek and explore and get out and just like taste the food, feel the culture like I come from language and culture. So I wanted to see other I wanted to observe other people's culture, Mm -hmm. taste other people's food in Italy and France. And I went to India and Dominican Republic. I went to third world countries. I went to Africa like so some I did for pleasure and a lot of it I did for work. And then when I was there for work, like in Brazil, I would just extend my stay to like, you know, see other places. Mm. um so I was able to like you know go for work and then have a play trip out of it or if I was going for curiosity of seeing the world I would network with people and like connect with people and stay in contact with them when I was um uh 17 and I was at home in our um you know our tv room I saw at Children International how I could help and it was before it was popular of uh you know uh, adopting a child or yeah. before like people were really talking about it before like angelina jolie sandra bullock before all these people you know hollywood it became like this thing and a popularized thing i'm sure people were doing it before it was like announced before it became so popular but yeah. i was 17 years old and it's like pick up the phone and you can help and rental an era and you know i've uh, sponsored her for 19 years, her two brothers and her whole entire family. And they're in the Philippines. And I thought by me saying yes, the power of me saying yes. And by gifting this person $12 a month, you know, when I was 17 at the time, um, I was able to help out this person that I've never met. It anchored me energetically in the world across the world. And Uh, The only reason why I have Facebook is because of her. And I now I'm able to viscerally see her family, her photos. She calls me Miss Katie, Miss Katie. She's like, you know, can I call you mom? You're like my my second mom, my goals. So I've been trying to go there and meet her. I haven't met her yet. Um, So, I mean, this story could just keep on going in so many different ways. But just the power of saying yes and the power of the uh, curiosity and exploring and just getting outside of our own way, you know, to, to remove ourselves and and create a clear canvas. We're able to empower ourselves and others by, by appreciating the gifts of life.
0: Yeah. And so traveling around the world, as well as, as well as sponsoring those people in the Philippines has kind of given you that appreciation for life in general.
1: Totally, totally through the program. I've uh, sponsored about seven, uh, kids now. Um, I I don't sponsor them anymore. They graduate from the program and Rinalyn era. She graduated from the program, but I stayed in contact with her through Facebook. But I was sponsoring children in Philippines, Chile, Dominican Republic. And it was just so exciting for me. And I don't have kids yet. And I always thought I was having eight kids. I come from a big Greek family. But I realized by sponsoring these children and God willing, I'll have a child of my own. And a couple of years ago, my girlfriend, she was traveling for work. She was a single mother, and mm. she had her three point five year old come stay with me mm. for it was for three weeks, and it went so well. For two weeks, and it went so well. It ended up being for five weeks, and I really realized quality over quantity. And it would be just mm. a gift, just such a beautiful gift, just to have one child. So I hope it if it's in my cards and it meant to be, I'll, I'll be able to have my own children. But I really realized through this whole foundation of my life and my career and everything I'm involved in, I've been birthing I've been birthing my my projects, DJing, acting, comedy, drama, my podcast. She's all over the place. Being a poet, um, being a producer, director, like all these things. I've been birthing creativity. These have been my babies for the last two decades. These projects have been my babies. I've nourished them and my friendships and I've I've nourished the people. So I'm not like a Mother Teresa, but almost like a garden of uh, sowing seeds, laying down the soil. Yeah planting the seeds, nourishing, nourishing, tending to the garden every day, then raking every three months, taking a rake, raking it up, and then then seeing the duds, raking them aside, Mm. observing it through quantum detoxification, but not having an emotional attachment to um, this person hurt me, this person frustrated me, this person didn't do the expectations of my egoic mind. Just I... Put it out there to see what could actually be a possibility, and it wasn't what I thought it was. I'll just rake it aside, put new soil. Uh, life is abundant, effervescent, and just you know, plant new seeds. And that's how I look at people. But like, you just see these seeds. If you look at them as seeds, and we plant a seed. And someone's going to put positive affirmations, abundance, um, uh, where attention flows, energy goes. Um, everything's energetic. It's a, it's a thought that's happening, that's channeling through me, mm. that's coming up, that's formulated into a thought that comes out to a vibration, and it's like you know, sending to the listener to you. I'm putting it out. It's a, it's a responsibility of what people. Listen to, attuned to, taken to their emotional sensories, to the amygdala, to the emotional um, center, to our hippocampus, you know, where short-term memory is stored, and it goes into our prefrontal cortex, you know, different parts of our brain, and it goes into our gut of a vibe. That's why they say, like, our, our gut is our first brain, because yeah. it's like, You hear something, you're like, I'm vibing, I'm listening, or you're like, I hear something like this is annoying, I'm turning it off. Like we attune Mm. and we vibrate to it, or we don't. Same thing with music, same thing with movies and TV shows. So I'm aware as a human being, I have this social responsibility of like who i connect with how i connect with them yeah. what i say mm. what i don't say what people say what they don't say mm. and then we plant these seeds and if it's feeding my soul cuz we can feed this seed or we can feed that seed yeah. but some people we have addiction so we are attached and it doesn't even have to be a drug addiction. It can be family. And there's a book called, there's a lot of books on attachment styles, but one in particular, it's called attached uh, with ED. And you can be attached to your family. And like, some people are so connected to their family. Like look at Alexander McQueen. He committed suicide because he was so attached to his mother. And it's like, there can be un healthy attachment styles of family of what they say yeah. codependency and partner so so being able to be balanced and aware of like if your hundred mm. is your hundred i coach and tell people whatever your hundred is check in with yourself at 80 and you're like oh i'm at 80 i can go to 100 and stop at 80 leave that 20 that cushion for the unknown, leave that cushion for an extra glass of water, um, you know, an extra 20% You know, percent for you to take a bath, an extra 20% to go to the market, an extra 20% to listen to a podcast, an extra yeah. 20% to call someone you love. Just leave that extra 20% because if we're going, one, if my one thousand percent, my one hundred percent, if you're one hundred percent, you're we're gonna burn ourselves out. And yeah. w- we have long form neurotransmitters and we have short circuited neurotransmitters, they're short form neurotransmitters, which get burnt out from like watching TV. Um, you know, but it there's science that proves that by meditation, by creating that cushion of that 20 percent for just. Nothing just to Mm. empty the cup that you can actually have regrowth of the short circuited, the short neurotransmitters to make them long form and healthy again. And we all want health. And so being mindful to eliminate, lastly, like if you're on a call with someone weekly for 45 minutes, you know who that is. Yeah. Be on the phone with them for 30 minutes. Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. Oh, I gotta call. Oh, I gotta go. And just start. Like dismantling, if you can't do it cold turkey, start dismantling to take that energetic attention to focus it back on self, Mm. not self, you know, like selflessly, like it's self love. And then, and then you're gating that energetic, those energetic moments back to do something that's going to enrich and empower yourself yeah if that all makes sense oh and then so the 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 obviously the seeds that you want to dismantle is through the what i was sharing with you know if you're on the phone with someone for 45 minutes make it 15 minutes a week or 30 minutes a week or if there's five people you're talking to like talk to three people like like create more space for self that's just like one analogy if that makes sense
0: it does make sense so on the theme of planting seeds nurturing them and you know what you vibrate with versus what you don't vibrate with. Did you learn this from, you know, your time in the entertainment industry or is that something you kind of had always known?
1: Well, there's something like called vibes, right? It's like vibes, like people like, oh, vibes. It's literally a vibration. We have 12 main chakras, seven main chakras in our body. Mm. And the eighth and ninth chakra is the aura that some people see auras. I don't, but you feel it. You're Mm. like, if you're walking down the street, you're like, oh, I sense something's not right. And then you see someone and you're like, oh that that's kind of like your 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 vibes telling you before you, your mind is just a tool that tells you something, but mm. you feel it or it could be the opposite, a good vibe, like you know what I mean like ooh like a good vibe yeah um I think in the entertainment industry, um, I had my dreams and my goals and my aspirations Mm. of what I wanted to obtain and the illusion of the fantasy. Yeah. Um, But I grew up with my Greek tradition, my ethics, my morals and my values and being having such conviction of who I was and what I didn't want Mm. that I wasn't going to, I was, you know, I was invited to as, as a model and as an actor and as a, you know, a young budding, you know, Hollywood starlet, I'm going to all these parties, all these events. And it's like, there's so many people who talk the talk and thank God for IMDb. iMovie database. You can literally look up to see who's who and what projects they're doing. You can yeah. see if like someone's a predator, if they're lying to say, oh, I am going to put you in this movie or oh, I'm doing this project. You can go to IMDb and look and then you can talk to people and have some, you know, like common sense to communicate the energy and talk to people yeah. to find out. So I think like I think those roots of mine, And my cross-country background gave me some foresight on and the vibes of knowing like, oh, something seems off. Sometimes I was very naive. So sometimes I didn't know. And I am a smart cookie. And I was like, how did that get over on me? And I mean, I could share stories on that.
0: Go for it. Share the stories. That's what the listeners uh, are here for. Stories and life lessons. That's literally what people come for. I assume. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. One that pops up into my mind, I'll share in, in, in in a second. Sure. But to conclude this area is like, But like, if I were like at a dinner or something, it's like, I know I'm going to the dinner. I know I, I, so I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to the dinner. I'm excited. And I, and then I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to the dinner and maybe I see a couple faces or I, oh, I know I'm going to the dinner and a lot of girls are there. And I know it's like a free meal. It's a good free meal. I know it's like a fun time. I know it's networking and I could possibly like see all these seeds if it's an 18 person dinner and maybe 16 of the seeds are all going to be duds, but there's also that hope and that possibility of optimism that I can meet that one person through that connection. So it's kind of like that. It's like, you know, you're sorting through all the podcasts or you're, you know, deciding where to go in the world. And like you have to for me, it's like always keeping that um blank. That blank canvas open mm. for that white space of unknown, like that unknown space on the canvas. Because if I show up already knowing Brazil's gonna be like this, or if I show up, like, oh, Florida's gonna be like this, or if I show up like London's gonna be like this, like based on I've been to London seven times now. But if I'm like, oh, London's gonna be like this, then I might not go to London, or people are like, Oh, Paris is like this, and they're like this, and it's like Hmm. I love Emily in Paris. Like, I'm going to keep going to Paris, even if people say majority of the people say people in Paris are like this. And yeah, I funnel I, I, I in a fun kind of way. I did ask for ketchup a bunch of times and I love <laughs> seeing their reactions, but I don't take it personal. I just kind of laugh at it. It's their culture, it's their tradition. It's how they are. And I respect that. So it's yeah. like it's the same thing when you're going to an event like there's going to be so many people. But it's like y- if we show up thinking like it's going to be like this, you're not going to have a fun time. And what's life about? It's about curiosity. It's about fun. It's about meeting people. It's about the unknown. And it's, it's about like, if we have expectations, which I've learned because I've had them when we have expectations and comparisons, it's a death threat. When I compare myself to another girl, it's over. When I expect a certain thing from a guy, it's over over because I was celibate for seven years. Yeah. I didn't have a boyfriend for like almost nine years yeah. because I wanted that 1% of how it was going to be. And how did any any man around the world or boy, whatever, because I like them younger, too. <laughs> but any how could anyone ever have a chance with me when I wouldn't even give myself a chance? I yeah. wasn't give, I wasn't being realistic. I was not giving anyone a chance because my expectations were so high because I knew how special my life was, yeah. which it is. And so is yours. Yeah. And and so, I, like I said, I was just like not giving anyone a chance. So I had to come off my high horse and learn the hard way. Yeah. But circling back around for maybe a story you want to hear one of those
0: yeah one of the entertainment industry nasty, stories yeah. nasty
1: entertainment stories yeah okay we
0: want the tea give us the tea
1: yeah oh ttt okay um okay so i'm not gonna say names
0: oh no definitely not make my make my <laughs> life easier that i don't have to edit, edit out names give them new names or just say person a yeah. person b whatever you want
1: to do. yeah yeah so so um, okay, I'll do. I love that ABC. So producer A invites me to a dinner in Santa Monica. Yeah, there's like 15 people at the table. Maybe four guys, the rest all females. Gorgeous, right? Models, actors, whatever.
0: You included in that and, in that whole gorgeous models, <laughs> actors, whatever. Yeah.
1: So you would be too if you showed up.
0: Oh, thank you, thank you so much. For
1: sure, <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. And then um, so we're in Santa Monica and we're at this dinner and there's mm. maybe, I don't know, 12 people there. And then I meet producer B and all these all these people are friends. All these male, they just happen to be male. It yeah. happens with females, too. There are a lot of young boys in Hollywood who get with a lot of wealthy women yeah. and their boy toys and they're fine with it and they're doing their career and having these experiences. I mm. won't name names there, but it's funny and it happens. And it's, it, yeah. it's not just like one sided male or female or they them pronouns and all of that. It's just part of it. It's just how it's just all a part of it. It happens with if can we say humans with the language? It happens. Yeah. But this dinner are all the girls. Some girls bring friends. Oh, yeah, you can bring all the girlfriends you want. Don't bring any guy friends. Bring all the girlfriends you want. And you're at the dinner and I'm invited. Okay, and. And and this person I met at a casting house, I was casting for an audition and these producers had their offices in a casting house where all these actors come and go. So that's how it's like, it's bait for them. It's how they can just meet all these men and women and yeah. boys and girls and mm. gay boys and all of it. <laughs> and oh, I have another f- funny story, but, um, it's completely different, but okay. So I'm at this dinner. and. Um, They all know each other. And so I get invited by, let's say, producer a Mm. then everyone networks and I'm a social butterfly and I so I'm meeting and talking to everyone. I'm like, what is going on? What kind of tea are you drinking? What kind of tea are you drinking? Is that my tea? Is that my vibe? Is this my tea? If it's my tea yoga, it's cool. This is what happened. One of the producers, producer B that I meet namelessly right now, says to me. This is like before Uber. Yeah. I don't know how they got there, but I'm leaving. I have like a, a thing with Fox or something in the morning.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm 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 going to d- dinner and going home. Like yeah. and I didn't even drink alcohol at this point. So I wasn't like drinking or anything like that. When I first went to Hollywood, I was no drugs, no drinking. Right. Yeah. I just one thousand percent sober. Yeah. <laughs> and um and so this person asked me, it, 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 this is such a big lesson because The power of saying yes and the power of no. So when you say no, yes to one thing or no to one thing, it leads to energetically a strain. It's like a domino effect of other things. So this made me more mindful where I would say in retrospect, when this person said, oh, like, where do you live? Oh, Beverly Hills. Oh, I'm on the Wilshire corridor. Oh, it's on my way home. Oh, can you drop me off? Mm. This like man asking me and then me saying, oh, sure, I can give you a a drop a drop off. And then I'll be heading home right afterwards. I have an early morning, like just even though that's none of that person's business, because why should I say any of that when I'm doing them a favor by taking them home? However, it's an energetic responsibility, because also you're they're setting you up and you're setting yourself up not to protect yourself just to communicate boundaries. Because I get there. So this person asked me to drive them home. So I drive them home. I go up to the roundabout. There's the valet um, people opening the door. And in the moment, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I would like to, you know, he talks to me about the script that he wants me to read. Oh, yeah, I would like you to um, read this script. And I'm just like, okay, we'll bring it down. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, just come up and get the script. And then there's two valet people at each door. So then as a human, you like kind of freeze, you go numb, like someone's standing there waiting. You're kind of in the moment. You're just like, um, oh, oh, okay, I'll just come up and get the script and come down. Like so naive. Like Mm. so. So then I go up, I go into this person's house. It's all dark. There's like so many scripts, like like a thousand scripts, like on the ground, stacked up, like stacked on stacked of scripts and I'm standing at the door. My shoes aren't coming off. I'm not leaving the door. I'm at the door. The door shuts. I'm sitting here. He walks up with two drinks, gives me a drink in my hand. I'm yeah. like, no, thank you. I don't drink. And like he's like, oh, just one drink. I'm like, I'm driving. I don't drink. No, yeah. thank you. I'll just take the script and leave. Mm. And he's like putting this pressure on me. I don't even know. I'm just trying to think if he even gave. I think he gave me a script, but yeah. and I left and I left. And then so I left. And this person then continued to perpetuate the slime ball approach. And yeah. if I was a smart human being, I would have just never talked to that person again. Mm. But then they extended their slime to producer C mm. because they informed me at the dinner. They wanted me to meet this producer who does these big movies. Yeah. And like it's 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 like it's a franchise of movies that this person does. Yeah. So then I go and they're all friends. So then, at another date, I'm literally set up by producer B that I meet at this dinner to go for a real opportunity. They have me prepare sides. I totally prepared actor sides. Yeah, I went in something very cute, form fitting, because I could be like this next, like superhero, yeah. like you know.
0: It was meant to be a big role, so you you made big like, preparation. Fighting, there's yeah. going to be
1: fighting, right? Um, and it was. It was like um, not just one movie, but it was like two, three, four movies. Yeah. So and then, you know, I don't know what they call them. The multiples, not series. But um, so anyways, I show up in Santa Monica at this producer's office and there's movie posters on the wall. And the, the the receptionist like knows my name, knows I have an appointment, sits me down, like asks me if I would like a drink. I go in. He's in his beautiful office. Uh, he's standing there like um, I read the sides. I do the sides. Right. Mm. Then asked me um, if he could see me in my bathing suit. And I'm just like. Um, I don't have a bathing suit on. Mm. I, you know, because oh, because they they're it's going to be something where they're going to be able to see your body. Yeah. So they want they want to be able. So then he had me come back for a second audition mm. to wear a bathing suit. Right. So he could see my body. Mm. And then from that point on, he said to me, he would like to take me out for the weekend to these cornfields to shoot me nude.
0: But why?
1: Because I'll tell you why. So what happened was this is what happened. So I'm in my I lived on West Knoll, 888 West Knoll. Next to it was like Cuckoo at the time. And I called my friend. I only had one friend that's actually from Cuba. Raised in Michigan, his mom was in Michigan. Mm. Used to live down the street from my yeah, yeah, my grandmother, my best friend. And I'm in my huge walk-in closet. I'm sitting down and I'm so like young and distra- distraught. And I'm just like, oh my God. I called the one person I know, Gordon Michaels, who's Dylan McDermott's best friend, right? Yeah. And he's Dylan McDermott's acting coach from like the practice and American Horror Story, American Horror Story. You know, Dylan McDermott, he's amazing. He's awesome. Awesome, right. awesome. Love him, love him. We have the same dentist, Dr. Minka. She's amazing on La Cienega and uh, in, in uh, LA. And, Gord- and I told Gordon, like what happened? I, co- I told Gordon Michaels, He said, don't do it. Don't do it. No. He's like, he's like, what happens is people like that. They, they take young Hollywood star starlets who are upcoming. They take photos of them. They keep them on file. They wait till they get like really big. And then they like expose them or sell them or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I declined. I wrote him. I told his office, like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Um, and that was it. I didn't get the role.
0: <laughs> oh no.
1: I know, but can you believe it? It's just one thing after another.
0: Well, it's one of those ones where, you know, in the last couple of years there was that whole uh me too campaign and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, we only really heard about let's say half of what's really happened. There's people like you that have probably got hundreds of stories like this where there's a lot of lurky business going on, a lot of sleaze balls, a lot of slime balls. And how do we kind of you know obviously as creatives when we're on the you know the side of not having the money and the people with the money want to do the the weird stuff and the the creepy stuff to us? How do we minimalize that? How do you overcome that?
1: Great question, great question. And the story I just shared was uh, way before the Me Too thing. Yeah, we need to. It's happening. It's it's stuff still happening. Mm. And um, there's, of course, I've seen re- just recently. I saw there's like a list, a politician list, a photo- fashion photographer list. There's all these different lists of people who are on the list, and me too. There's a lot more people who still need to be on that list. <laughs> um, and and it's gonna happen because humans are weird. And I don't want to. I don't know if weird's the weird the the word for it. But um, um, there's you know we're all traumatized. We all have beliefs. We all have dysfunctions. We all have. Um, you know, some, like I said, the addiction. So it's exciting to thrive off of that. Mm -hmm. Like people are addicted to it based of circumstances and, um, you know, crowds that flock together, all that thing. But there are a lot of um, the pureness and the intentionality of the stuff also we've been talking about. So to minimize it, I wouldn't say, I guess, to minimize it because We don't want to be turn a blind eye out of sight, out of mind. It's Mm -hmm. out there. It's going to be out there. It's a part of nature. It's a part of the world. And knowing that is is empowering ourselves to Mm -hmm. to empower ourselves, to know that we have a goal and a dream and knowing we have an egoic mind of the illusion of what we want that to be, Mm -hmm. knowing it's a journey along the way to not sell yourself short to not sell your dream and your ethics and your morals and your values and not sell your dream for a dangly carrot and a promise of something else. When listen to what people are saying and what they do and believe Mm. them the first time. And I mean, we've heard that for years. But like this, if we're right now, this is how it is. So I had a I had a situation with the union with SAG and it's a company that they like tried, it's a union job and they try to jip me out of some, some money. And they told me I could be blackballed and that they're not going to, this company, this ad agency might not hire me again. And I'm like, okay, well, if they don't want to hire me again, then don't hire me again, because I don't want to work with people who don't want to be ethical. Like if you're not like you booked me for three commercials and Mm -hmm. like now, like, like, my agent showed me like, oh, you're in this commercial. Like they just need to pay. It's it's I'm in a contract law by the union. And the union was telling me like, oh, like, you know, you know, they might not hire you again. Um, Oh, OK. They might not hire me again. Or are you scared that they might go non-union to not deal with the union? Because a lot of companies are doing doing non-union nowadays to get, you know, to save money. Everyone wants to save money. So we have to remember everything's not about money. We're not taking money when we leave. We're not taking it with us. Like yeah. it's Like success is measured. It's not only about money. Your Mm. health is wealth, and like our freedom. Like look what's let's let's not be tone deaf. Like what's happening in Afghanistan and like around the world, just in our own backyards. Like what's happening. It's a gift for whoever's listening to this podcast to even be listening to the podcast to have the tools to be able to take in the moments. Like like time is an illusion, but the, the energy and the space to even listen to this episode is is a privilege like and we have to get back to the basics of of dismantled the illusions and it's a self-discovery of who we are and like how how can we know who other people are if we don't know even know who we are well yeah. we find out who we are by listening to stories like this and we're like yeah this is my vibe this isn't my vibe i like this i don't like this and and write it down or if you're not you don't want to write it down and take notes i think it's so annoying like record it on audio or something and just take a note like What makes you tick? What's exciting without what's going on in between? You know, like what what excites you and moves you and you want to move in that direction. And like I'm like I said, I'm up for these projects, ones with Amazon. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I'm going to go and I'm going to do my best job. And I have a team that I curated and they're putting me up with another team Mm. to put me up for this project, which will then have millions, multi millions of people to see me once again on TV. If it's meant to be energy, all I can do is show up and do my best job. I'm not, if I get a script, which I did, and it's very blah, blah, blah heavy, and I'm like, I'm not right for this. Yeah. I'm not going to do it because I'm not right for it. Leave mm. it for someone who it's right for. If mm. y'all want to show up and you want to play in a certain way and that's your vibe, do it. If you want to show up and play in a certain way and you're like, I don't know, it's my vibe, but I'm, I want to know, I want to find, I'm curious and I want to see if I'm attuned to something like that show up it doesn't matter what other people think but if you're like yo that's my vibe i'm going to show up and do it then do it you know it doesn't matter what other people think it's about how we feel and -hmm. what we want to do you know i mean we can't even i mean i'm going off the extreme here of like prostitution you know what i mean if like if i'm not saying go prostitute but there are so many people statistically like ashton kuster did this statistic like years ago like Mm -hmm. all these people, one in every four or whatever people are like prostituting one. They think they have to one. They're trying to keep up with societal, quote unquote, norms that are unhealthy norms. And, you know, trying to get all this money. And it's like it's we need to dismantle the false powers that be. It's not about they're not in power. Mm. We have the power, your health, is the number one power and what excites you and if something like weird excites you that's like gonna hurt someone mm. you're ultimately only hurting yourself and you're gonna hurt other people and if you're hurting yourself like like is that why you're on the planet to hurt yourself like yeah. i mean we really have to question our own integrity you know so it's it's asking these important questions and it's asking these questions right yeah um that's kind of on the deep end of like something harsh, like, you know, because, you know, like, I mean, like I I brought up the prostitute thing, like if if you want to prostitute and that makes you happy and it makes you feel good and that's what you're going to do, you know, that's what you're going to do. It's going to be short term because money short term. We're not taking it with us, like I said, and you can buy a bag or you can buy a house and you can buy the security and the stability. And maybe that's what it that's what it got you. And maybe that's what you need to do based on your circumstances. I'm not here to judge. And if anyone is judging you, they're judging themselves. And if you're judging yourself, you're only, if you're judging other people, you're only judging yourself. And so we have to not judge each other, not judge ourselves and, you know, have, have more hope, have more faith, you know, and that's going on at the deep end of a explanation. It doesn't have to be that, but I'm like, you know, Yeah. yeah. So it can be anything.
0: Yeah. Once people kind of stop judging themselves and accept themselves and, you know, don't judge other people and that kind of stuff. Would you say that's the, the first step in towards, you know, changing your life and achieving your dreams?
1: Well, the word you said is a key word that my friend uh, Space Ribbon taught me. Accepting. It's not about accepting. It's allowing. Right. Because we might not ever accept it allowing it's a it's a it's a it's an energetic vibration shift to allow because I don't accept a lot of things that's happening right now in my circumstances I just don't I could cry right now I just do not and I don't stand for certain things and it hurts me and it hurts my soul and it hurts it's hurting other people and I don't accept it um I've battled with it for a long time,
0: Yeah,
1: allowing, allowing, allowing it to be allowing and knowing that nature takes its course and allowing to know like how it uh, affects me and emotionally as I'm getting vulnerable, Mm. allows me to experience the joys and the the highs and uh, Khalil Gibran has an amazing poem on joy and sorrow. And Mm. how can you understand the deepest deepest of sorrow if you don't and 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 if you don't understand the deepest of sorrow how can you appreciate and know the highest highest of the joy right yeah. so it's so, and it's a life experience there's no mm. good or bad it's all an experience like whatever experiences that have happened that are awesome or horrible or things that we keep so deep down that we never want to tell anyone they say skeletons in our closet that will never come out yeah it comes out even though we don't verbalize it It's a monster that festers and grows inside of us. It needs to come out. We need to purge. That's why I love podcasting. That's why people love podcasting. Because we're able to share these stories and get them out. Because once you get them out, it diminishes the power it's having over us and our mind. So we don't have a mental breakdown. So we can actually open up our hearts and break off these energetic sore shields that are confining us, that are keeping us so closed off from other people. And that's what everyone's doing. They're all walking around with these shields like protecting themselves because they don't want to be vulnerable. They're scared to be vulnerable, to let these uh, things come out. But once we allow these things come out and it might not look pretty and it could be messy, but to start messy and to allow these things just to come out, that's how we're uh, evolving. And that's how we're living in revolutionary times and artists and nft artists and the blockchain and you know people who are educated and spiritual people and like evolution of the fifth dimension and we just had the Lionsgate portal and like all these like someone else things.
0: mentioned that today actually yeah. the li- they yeah. said eight eight is the Lionsgate. Eight, eight. yeah I, i'm literally it, it's funny that you've mentioned the same thing that someone else mentioned to me earlier on today and i was like what's the Lionsgate portal what's it do they're like oh it opens up all the energy i'm like okay man i didn't know this but i'm glad it happened
1: Well, it's funny that you say it's funny, but what it is, it's like when I said earlier about writing it down and circling it, like toes in the sand, toes in the sand, like buy a house, buy a house or whatever that excitement is for you when you you write it down and what keeps coming up for you. You say it's funny. Yeah, it's funny, but it's also attuning to you like, oh, what keeps coming up? Oh, Mm. someone told me about the Lionsgate portal. Oh, maybe research it, maybe listen to the Lionsgate portal on on the youtube and so now you're aligning your your vibration mm-hmm. bigger than you bigger than us it's our collective is attuning and aligning to it the lions gate portal is eight eight so it's like it's the yin, yin yin the infinity it's infinity it's it, it it's the circular that connects us all it's the most powerful number and 11 my birthday 11 11 is the second most powerful numeric number one, 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 one. It's angelic. It's the, this, the, the universe, one song universe, uh, what, which connects us all music. We don't speak each other's languages, literally culturally like Japanese or like French or Italian, not only the, the language of a foreign language, but even if you're speaking English, maybe we don't speak the same language, like the language I'm speaking. Maybe and the Lionsgate portal, there's different languages, but through music and through sound and through vibration, attuning, we all feel because it's like being a baby. When you're a baby, and you're a baby. You're feeling all these things like when I said I wanted to suffocate myself and I was like ah into a pillow because I was feeling all these things but I didn't know how to communicate I didn't have the language have the words when a baby is crying and all these things are and it wants to be soothed and nourished mm. it doesn't have the language humans. We're still learning new languages. It doesn't matter what age we are. Mm. We learn new languages at different times in our lives. And that's yeah. why we share and connect like this on the podcast to share this new language with one another, even if it's one word, even if it's one new belief, even if it's one thing, if it's one thing, it's it's, it's going to be a ripple effect for the the grand for the yeah. masses. Mm-hmm. Most definitely.
0: And I'm feeling that for what you're saying, language isn't, you know, just spoken language. It's all different types of things. So it's the way that you're choosing to communicate with someone. So it could be through a song. It could be through a poem. It could be through a, a film or, you know, a play or even just how you decide to dress. That's a language in and of itself type thing.
1: It's totally a language. It's completely a language. 1,000%. 1,000%. And growing up in the Detroit underground uh, music scene, uh, EDM, before DJs were popular in Western civilization, I was like, a kid, like, dancing my heart out with the best DJs from around the world and Mm. my heart was pounding out of my chest and I was hot and sweaty and everyone's like raw and you're just energetically just like not in your head and you're just euphoric ecstasy just like dancing and I love dance and I love play that's why I love colors and Mm. like moving the body because you're getting rid of the stagnant energy like I was saying we have seven main chakras in our body that means meridian points look it up like we have energy energetic meridian points that get stuck. That's why people do acupuncture, like to put the needles into our blood flow and our stream for the nervous system to move it because we're not moving enough. If you're mm. not a runner, or if you're not an athlete, we're not moving around enough. The olden days, olden days, not too long ago, <laughs> people were sitting in their offices nine to five, right? Before yeah. we had a hybrid community, which is normal now having a hybrid community. Right. And we're able to work her home so we can move more. But when you're moving, it's energy and motion. Paul yeah. check talks about it. Paul C. H-E-K. He has an amazing podcast. Um, and it's about, he talks about energy and motion. We need to move the energy. And so a lot of times in our gut, in our stomach, a lot of people have IBS and a lot of people can't sleep. and or the living from the throat up the throat chakra, the, the, the crown chakra, our, our intuition, our head is on fire and we're just circling our thoughts, but we need to move. So we're living from the gut, you know, from your second chakra, from your gut, like, um, you know, your solar plex, your stomach, you know, these energies need to move. What happens is, the thing we all have in common as human beings Mm. is our heart is number one. Mm -hmm. We have over 40,000 neurons in our heart alone. It's so powerful. Our heart. That's why everyone's like, Oh, love, love from the heart, the heart. That's why everyone talks about it. It's like our heart. And then the second thing we have in common as human beings after our heart, we get our nervous system. So based on where you, the mother is in it while you're in prenatal is how Uh, how your nervous system aligns and attunes. And then it's a ripple effect through your whole entire cycle of your life. There's an amazing book. It's called um, uh, Eastern Mind, Western World, Western World, Eastern Mind. Uh, My sister turned me on to it. Great, great book. And it shows you the development of when you're in prenatal and your nervous system through the the formality of becoming till you're 18. And it's a life cycle of your chakras and the development and what you need when you're in your communicative chakra, when you're five and the the different things that that a baby and a human needs. to they're 18 for the full development of your your nervous system, of your energetic nervous system. And then what happens is when you're 18, the cycle repeats itself. So now I look back of my over 10 years of traveling the world of the world. And I see the domino effect of choices I made because of what happened when I was 13 and 14, based of my communicative chakra, based on what happened in school and in in, um, community public schools and situations that happened with the divine femininity when, when I was a freshman and then the masculine of when I was a freshman and how those instances specifically shape-shifted in the armor of what I took on, the guilt, the shame, the blame, covering it up, hiding, not telling, and how that evolved through going and protecting myself in a way which made me very connected to the source, but also kept me from being vulnerable with humans because I didn't trust other humans and I was scared. So I was scared within myself. I was scared of Intimacy, into me, see Susan Batson, who's Oprah's personal acting coach, uh, Madonna, Julia Binoche, Nicole came in for over 19 years, two decades now. Susan Batson taught me that in 2012 when I started doing the internal journey after traveling the world of intimacy into me. See, I was so scared to look inside myself. And I feel like that's how a lot of people freaked out during the pandemic um, because they were at home and they freaked out because they didn't know how to deal with the internal stuff going on. And we show up at parties and we talk to people and everything. And it's like you're judging people, you're talking to people, you're having a good time. And Mm. it's like, Like, how can you truly understand what someone else is going through? And you're saying what when they don't even know what they're going through and you don't even know what's going what's going inside of you. And we're we're so quick to judge and to make a comment and to laugh or dismiss a person. It's like this was a great shape shift of a time for people to really deep dive and get to know themselves and and really break up the grids and, and, and the energies of what wasn't serving us as a whole as a humanity
0: yeah what was your biggest takeaway from the pandemic or you know let's let's assume the pandemic is you know over ish shall we say so what was your biggest takeaway from last year
1: definitely not over it's definitely gonna keep on going it's definitely
0: so, i said over so, ish you know what i mean i'm yeah, saying it in quotes ish,
1: ish. i love you i know ish right Um, so the biggest, I guess, like from the, the initial earthquake, the hit, right. And now it's like the ripple effect from Mm -hmm. the initial hit of the earthquake. Right. Um, um, the biggest takeaway from it, honestly, it goes back to energy. I was able to, cause I've been able to sit and take time and do all these practices with spiritual healers and listening to audiobooks and, and take time. Like I said, that 20% for myself, mm. um, like in a consistent way, but dismantling because of the pandemic, I was able to dismantle that 20%. It gave me that full percent to really sit. And after I saw the Epstein documentary, mm. it really, really had me go very deep where I was able to get my own monster out in November and share a traumatic thing that happened with me when I was 13, when I was a freshman in high school, I was able to face, really face that. Cause I thought I faced it. Mm. I thought I faced it at lightning in a bottle festival in 2016 with healers. I cried. I thought I faced it when I saw girl on the edge, that film yeah. by uh, Jay uh, Silverman. Um, I thought that independent film that I saw at the union, I thought I, like had a revelation there. I thought I got it out there, mm. but no, I was able to really get it out. Um, during the pandemic also, um, I was able to notice that like, I would go all this energy right here that like I'm gifting here to you, right. And to the listener, I, I realized all that, my best energy, all my exciting best energy, I was going out into the world in sales and, and giving all my best energy and then coming home and doing my voiceovers and then coming home and doing my art projects. But during the pandemic, I was able to shape shift and to what I was doing initially when I went to Los Angeles,
0: yeah. putting
1: myself 1000% doing my, my 80% of all my good energy. Yeah. I was able to recycle. I was able to see that I was giving my best energy and to dismantle that and give that and keep my own energy and and to empower myself more and so I've been able to empower myself more through the pandemic and really get to know myself and really deep dive in exploration and prioritize okay I've dabbled in all of these things but like what are one or two things that I just really want to take like to the next level for the next two decades of my career and my life God willing.
0: Here's where to find Katie online.
1: People can connect with me on She's All Over the Place podcast to hear this energetic voice a lot more, where I deep dive into other people's stories. Um, I like to hold space for other people so they can, you know, share their stories and experiences as well. It really fills me up energetically to hear them. And then a lovers fairytale.com is the poetry book. So when you put in your email, I have an automation setup where I gift you um, a, a playlist of spoken word music videos that I actually self produce and finance over the last decade of all these beautiful pieces that are verbal spoken word music videos in a mm. playlist um, in, that are coupled you know with the book so uh, a lover's fairy tale it's like a barnes and nobles amazon everywhere but a lovers fairy tale.com
0: thank you for listening to people explained new episodes come out every monday we would appreciate it if you gave us a review on apple podcasts and shared this episode with a friend